welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is... Uh, cont- it's a list. It's a list question, which <laughs> oh. is one of my... Oh, no. One of my favorite brands of questions. Um, so what cultures has the Disney Corporation not appropriated oh. I want to mm. really dig into this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I guess uh, Little Mermaid, was that Danish culture? We're starting off there. But also, like, um, Caribbean. Sure. Sebastian is fully Yeah, yeah, sure. Sebastian. Sure. Yeah. This is true. Beauty and the Beast, uh, some French approximate. Um, sure. A lo- a today's subject, of course, uh, <laughs> some gross amalgam of Middle Eastern culture. Um, Lion King is all things Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarzan also is kind of, uh, pun intended, apes. That kind of... Uh, <laughs> Boo. Col- I don't know. I don't know. That was rude of me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, Mulan is China. Uh, Moana is uh, Polynesian. Uh, I don't know. They 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 are beautiful, terribly beautifully colonizing the fucking world with their Ugh. their silly children's. There's films. no Uyghurs music yet. Musical yet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they want to stay on China's good side though, so they'll probably like pretend that doesn't exist. I don't know. I'm su- I'm <laughs> surprised. I'm you know I'm surprised that they weren't bold enough to try and make like a. Anne Frank. Listen, Disney. don't give them oh any ideas. Though. Make oh, Anne Frank like... a Disney princess. <laughs> oh yeah. no! I, I, I oh, listen. Boy. I, I listen. I want more Jewish representation in children's media, but I don't want that. I, listen, here's the, <laughs> well, the thesis of this whole episode for me, at least, is not all representation is good or the same. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Sure. There's uh, there's a lot. That's uh, a great thesis to pin, and I I have my own to pin as well. Um, so we might as well dive on <laughs> in. We are continuing down uh the Disney roads of our wonderful Disney season. We're 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 almost at the end. We're we're almost at sort of contemporary uh Disney. This is sort of one of their last remaining hits that is actually still on Broadway. Ugh. Um when we're talking about the stage show, I ugh is right. Um and it started <laughs> off of course with the 1992 film Aladdin, uh directed by John Musker and Ron Clements and its subsequent 2014 Broadway musical adaptation with a book by Chad Begelin, music by Alan Menken and lyrics by Howard Ashman, Tim Rice and Chad Begelin, Mm-mm. as always, a wonderful producer. Yeah, one, one. There's a lot of a lot of white men <laughs> yeah, working on this show. Too many white ass <laughs> names for my taste. <laughs> uh, as always, our wonderful producer and editor Brand Moorhead is here. Hello, Brand. Rock the lamp. Rock the lamp. <laughs> Jeez, well, that's he's just Iago's I the know, best oh, part. Like, of this I know, movie. I know, I know. You're in the pocket for Gilbert oh, Gottfried in this oh, film. Oh yes, and I'd say generally, 
Sure, sure. That's fair and true. Uh, And joining us, who's already uh, popped up on mic, thank goodness, uh, returning guest from our Smiles of a Summer Night uh, slash A Little Night Music episode, (laughs) back for an episode that is a little less horny, Uh uh, but hopefully Mabel will still try and keep that energy. Uh, Tina Mooney. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Tina Mooney's Panja is here. Hello. Yeah, listen, it. like horniness is generally a baseline, so I feel like I can bring that to this episode despite <laughs> how terrible it's about to get. <laughs> I, I so, okay. I want to before we jump into Aladdin the film mm. because that is obviously of course where we start off. I you of course there is a large cultural thesis a cultural sort of <laughs> argument to be made and of course we are going to dive into that um and that's obviously going to be a large crux but I, I, of course we are as i said this is a podcast about adaptation and here's the pin that i want to put in and uh obviously a few weeks ago we had the wonderful uh zach Barr on our show Ugh. um and the, the great um one of their most recent uh episodes of their youtube series and now they sing is about the katie mitchell stage adaptation of the cat in the hat um it's a very lovely video um where zach argues that that is the best uh dr seuss stage adaptation um like they argued mary poppins is the best disney adaptation um (laughs) a fervent argument that they made uh on this show um but in that in that episode and they they sort of zach goes into sort of adaptation and they brought up a point that has really stuck with me and i sort of want to talk about in this episode where you know, a lot of adaptation and sort of when people are adapting something, they really think about the what, you know, they're thinking about the the story and the characters and sort of just like the the plot events and like sometimes like the design and the look of things. If it's like a picture book or a movie to stage adaptation, but we don't always think about the how, right? You know, the, the medium is the message, right? So like in the video, Zach is talking about like Cat in the Hat isn't just the story of a a cat who invades the lives of two children and a fish like d- the cat in the hat is a book with uh with sentences and a rhyme structure and a page structure like the the medium of the book is as inherent to the cat in the hat uh as the actual story is and so th- i'm leading that up to say that's something that like we think about and i think is especially true here for me, Aladdin, and we'll get to the film and whatever your feelings are on the film, the movie excels because it is an animated film. The elements that work so well in Aladdin, mm. of the stuff that does work well, works well because it is an animated movie. Yeah. It is built for the medium mm-hmm. of animation, and that is where it excels. And it's so. Chiefly the c- genie. Yeah, I mean, and that is that is a whole that is a whole like half hour tangents that we'll get into about (laughs) the genie as a character. But so and yeah, so it's just like when you, it isn't just a genie character who says funny things and makes pop culture references, right? It is a blue blob that through the literal magic of hands-drawn animation is able to seamlessly morph from object to object to design to design. So it is not just 
I don't know. It's it's that's just something to, that I'm thinking about and sort of a uh, thing that I'm going to be thinking yeah. about as we talk about this. Big it's time. sort of just like a like a like uh, I mean a lot of our subjects. Yeah, they're not it's not just the story. It is you are in the medium of cinema or in this case the medium of animated cinema and that doesn't always work when you want to try and adapt that uh for the stage. Uh yeah. that's that's my big preamble. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had chosen, like, he goes off stage and does, like, an elaborate makeup change to come on as Jack Nicholson for, like, one <laughs> line of an impression? And then he goes off and comes back on and does a whole number as William F. Buckley. Like, <laughs> so strange. It's, it's, I, it it kind of, like, really hit me on this rewatch. He literally goes from... Rodney Dangerfield, I can't believe it, I'm losing to a rug, right into Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Just like, like no doesn't, in between. <laughs> doesn't skip a beat. It's, it's kind of deranged. It's so, like, all over the place. It is so scatterbrained of an existence, really, for the genie, I guess. <laughs> but, like, yeah, everything from, it's just Arsenio Hall at one point, and you're like, yep. what? And I would say, in addition to the medium being so important, and, like, I have only seen clips from Will Smith's portrayal. Oh. We'll, uh, get, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I would, although, say, yes. I would say that even more so, maybe, for that character in particular than the medium, is that it's Robin Williams. Yeah. It's yeah. not just a genie who's like, wow, what a well-written, hilarious cartoon character. No, it's Robin Williams. Yeah. This is why it's good. Because yeah. well, you know uh, yeah, all of that yeah, was, like, at least partially, like, oh, was just him, like, fucking around and throwing stuff. They in added yes to stuff to the movie. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. added like, animation So sequences. much of it was improvised, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before, yeah, I want obviously, I want to do a whole deep dive in Robin Williams and what happened with him in this movie. Um, but but before we do, so yeah, let's let's go back to the beginning. Tina, um, this movie, Aladdin, uh, the film Aladdin from 1992. <laughs> um, what is what's your history with this film? Oh. What, are, what what are your yeah, run us down. Listen, what, talk to us. So I was born in the year of 1992, so I did not see it when it came out. But sure. let me tell you, I. I was obsessed. I went around as a small child. I think like when I was maybe like between the ages of like three and like six. So for a significant portion of my childhood. Uh, and I, I insisted that people refer to me either as Simba or Aladdin. Oh, wow. So like, or Thomas the Tank Engine, but that's not related to what we're talking about. Um, so like, well. I, I, I had a big, like, I just fucking loved this movie. Uh, I don't even remember why I loved it so much, but I also used to, we had this like ottoman on wheels and I would sit on it and make my dad roll me around the house. Like it was my magic oh, carpet wow. and we would sing Jeez. a whole new world. Um, so yeah, so like this movie, big part of my childhood, uh, definitely a huge fan. Hadn't rewatched uh, it since maybe I was like a teen or something until last night. So that was a, that was oh, a, wow. whole, a whole trip. Um, but yeah, no, like big fan of the movie. Uh, definitely still holds a place in my heart just from those memories, like with my dad. Um, but uh, n- now it's not, it's not good. It's not my favorite. <laughs> sure, sure. It's. It's definitely not my favorite of the Disney Renaissance films. I think it's, you know, like, I don't know. It's it's better than some of the ones, like, I actually like it more than Mulan. <gasps> I think just, what? I do. I know. Oh. What a fucking, 
I know. I'm so sorry. I don't I, understand. I'm a, little, <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little sour on Mulan. The songs don't really do it for me, and I think it just What, the two I don't know. songs? There's like I mean, no well, songs in that movie. But it's the ones funny. that are this there that slap. Christina Aguilera, I know. Xtina. It, it, it's true. It's true. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm so in the pocket for Alan Menken. I'm just yeah. like, it's, this is fair. That's I really just, the tough thing. See, Mulan is like my favorite of all of that. I think it's oh, the wow. best one. I think it's so, okay. I think it holds up. Oh, dang. That's fine. You, you can think that. I that's sure fine. <laughs> but like no, but like Aladdin's kind of like in the middle where like I like obviously like there is so much fucking baggage with just what it is. Right. Um where it is it is literally just like you know, like Howard Ashman pitches Disney a sort of uh fuck, what the hell Crosby, like what you know, like it's sort of like one of those old school like Rhodes Rhodes two movies, like a sure. Crosby Hope. Like he sort of like that's kind of the tone that he sort of initially pitches this as, um, like a like a Road to Morocco or like a like or like an Ishtar kind of thing, right? It's like that kind of like that kind of comedic tone is where he's trying to hit, and some of that definitely comes through, especially with uh, Genie, um, which who yeah. apparently he envisioned more as a Cab Calloway. Fats Waller type character. Oh. So again, you can see where his head was at. Again, yeah. we I feel like we talked about this in previous episodes where like he was again, like in the nicest way, like uh a lovingly appropriative artist, right? We talk about this in a little sure. shop yeah. where it's sort of like that that musical is sort of like him sort of like paying homage to slash appropriating like the music of like groups like the Supremes and the Ronettes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, here it's like, he's like, Oh, I want to like pay homage to these kind. And like, obviously a lot of this is based on like the thief of Baghdad. Like there's a character named Mm -hmm. Jafar in that film. Um, but again, like as with so many quote unquote traditions in Western American uh, mainstream film culture, it's just like, you know, like America is the baseline and then everything outside of that is like fodder for like these like, again, like, yeah, quote unquote exotic like adventures and like, like that there's literally a song in a stage show called High Adventure, right? It's like, oh, it's like this. They, I mean, and even like in the stage show, like they're like, they keep using the word like mystical and Mm -hmm. like, uh, exotic. Yeah. It's just like still like keeping up with these tropes. And so obviously like not a great place to start, not a great place to finish. Um, but like, I mean, and it's the it's it is the songs, and it is the it is the songs, and it is the genie, like are the, kind of the things that really tie it together yeah. for me. I mean, I gotta say, I think that this is the funniest Disney movie, sure by far. Like, there's not even and nothing comes close to being as funny as this movie. You have Gottfried and obviously Robin Williams, and also I think Jafar is really funny as just like a queeny old like. Like Machiavellian <laughs> sure. bitch, like I don't know. It's a, by far the funniest one. Abu's it's, great. That, so and, and so this Abu Abu's fun. It's obviously it's it's hard to put a monkey on stage, oh. so I get why they had to cut him for the stage adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very cute monkey. Um, and I do. I mean, so this is this is uh John John Muska and Ron Clements who had previously directed they uh. They directed a little. They well, actually, they co-directed the Great Mouse Detective. And then they uh, directed Little Mermaid. And then this was their follow-up to Little Mermaid. Um, obviously, we'll 
get to well, actually I don't I think this is the last uh Musker and Clements film we're gonna talk about because yeah like the none of their other Hercules Hercules has been adapted but it's also still being yeah. worked on so that's why we're not covering it in the series. Um but like obviously there is no Treasure Planet musical yes, and there is there no yet sure. Um that's, and your, there that's is, your answer today I assume that's your answer uh, at the end of the it episode, wasn't going course, to be yes. but it could be <laughs> um, and of course, and they have yet to make a Moana stage show yet. Yes. too So um, oh, I'd say that's a bigger yet. Like yeah, that yeah. one seems like it's coming. Yeah. Well, given, then, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know how much I. I mean, given their track record with how they uh, <laughs> translate their, especially uh, more uh, quote unquote big quotes around this, like diverse and like um, right, you sure. know th- how they translate those to the stage. I'm not holding my breath for the eventual Moana stage show to be uh, for to make me sure. happy. <laughs> But so uh, this is all to say that Musker and Clements, I would say, yeah, I think Bran, you're at least onto something that they have sort of the funniest films. Like, yeah, if you think about that, like Little Mermaid, obviously, I would say like it's that sweet spot between the comedy of this movie and sort of the grand grandiose nature of like Beauty and the Beast, right? Sure. Like it sort mm-hmm. of has elements yeah. of both. Obviously Hercules is like the proto Shrek. Like that is like <laughs> a little, yeah. Like it's kind of like an anachronistic like joyride of a film. Um and, and Treasure Planet and Moana are sort of their own things. But yeah, like yeah, I would I mean like Robin Williams obviously brings a lot of c- comedy of um to this thing. Uh well, you also see it yeah, like the, from the very beginning and this was a thing that like totally I forgot about but like when when we're talking to this uh, uh, horrifyingly racist caricature of a character who introduces us to the movie, like the, the voiced by Robin Williams, yep, yep. yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, we like the camera and we as the audience like become a character. Like they're already playing with like us as audience being involved in like uh-huh. direct address and yeah. how you know Too the close. camera's moving and we're moving like that it already brings us in in that way of like this is different than what i've been taught to expect from a disney movie and like that sets up yeah. the comedy of it and i mean a lot of Direct like address, what happens yeah. is is pretty um not great but like the way that the form is set up i think is really clever and i think like clues us into how we're supposed to be watching this movie yeah for sure and, and i mean obviously we know like originally like the one of the first lyrics in the film was like they'll cut off your ear if i it's, if they like, don't like, like your face yep yes. what oh did and they change that what's the lyric now they did oh uh, boy even God, with their it, little pre-movie warning they still yeah. changed it huh <laughs> that, yes, if you watch that do. on disney plus there's like a this movie contains you know it's like a racist yeah, yeah. this yeah. movie yep. contains <laughs> racist stereotypes pretty much yep and then uh the movie begins um, yeah well and but they yeah, cut so, that like lyric s- and like Great, they cut that one lyric. They still say it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Great, uh, terrible. But then, like, there's still, like, s- at least three times in the movie where, like, someone's threatened with getting their hand cut off for, like, a minor offense. Like, that's still a thing that happens in the movie several times. So I'm like, you cut the lyric, but you still kept the thing that the lyric is... Um, it's true. Yeah. Sure. In- intuitive, yeah. I don't know. Right, that, I- to me, always seemed like... I mean, that was not... This this movie's set in a time period as well as a fictional, uh, like made up racist country. <laughs> yes. But like it wasn't, you know, I, that to me even I, that always just took me as like, well, a long time ago because literally it talks about it in the Bible a lot as a punishment of like that was I understood that, but maybe that's from my Christian upbringing of reading like sure. Leviticus. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like that, so that particular thing like never struck me as being uh, the lyric. Stuck the lyric they. 
the lyric they changed it to was where it's flat and immense and the heat is intense. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Agrabah, fake and racist. Uh, right. It's, uh, but yes. And so obviously, like I said, this was kind of uh, Ashman's uh, brainchild. But uh, as we talked about in the Beauty and the Beast episode, uh, he passed away during production of that film. So for this movie, the only... And here's also a hot take argument that I'm going to get to. Um, so the only songs that he actually wrote lyrics for that are in the film, because once we get to the stage adaptation, there are actually songs that he did write that right. were added back for the stage adaptation, which we'll get to. Um, he wrote some of the lyrics for Arabian Nights, probably including that racist one. Um, he wrote Friend Like Me, uh, which is... The, the best song in the movie uh, is what I'll say. The best song in the movie. Um, he wrote Prince Ali, and that's it. Those are the only songs Dang. he wrote lyrics for. He, wow. didn't write, he didn't write One Jump Ahead. He didn't write A Whole New World. Wild. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of wild to yeah. me. And Tim the whole world is not lyrically complex, you know? Like, like I think the most lyrically dense ones don't in the movie dare are close the your don't, eyes. Don't, don't you dare <laughs> close your eyes! Don't do it. Hold your breath. It gets, it gets better. better. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little shooting star. Um, but yeah, so. I like. I don't really. We don't really need to give a fucking plop synopsis. It's Aladdin. It's a young. Go watch uh, it. It's a young peasant boy who's still who's uh, just like living on the streets. Um, so what's also very funny, in my opinion, uh, so Aladdin, uh, who initially was modeled after Michael J. Fox, they wanted him to be like a young little boy. And then they were like, no, he's got to be a man. Let's model him after Tom Cruise. Yep. Uh, two white people. Two very, very <laughs> white modeling. people. Both very short also. Yeah. But you, like in, Fre in Friend Like Me, like some sequences there were like animated before they made that change. So you can actually, like, if you notice, there are moments where Aladdin kind of looks a little skinnier and mm. a little smaller than usual because oh. that's back when he was kind of a younger teenage character Interesting. and now he's what like i don't know like 18 19 so sort of like late late teens a hot man an adult no nipples, no mm. nipples not even yeah, one not a nipple uh, on sight. no his vest hides it so well. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but like, so, <laughs> but yeah, so like I was saying, like, you can, there's still sort of the sense of like, uh, I, I, like, I, yeah, sort of like road musical comedy kind of thing. Like, the just sort of the style, obviously, like, the instrumentation is sort of that, like, very sort of Western interpretation of what Middle Eastern music sounds yeah, like. Just, like, throwing a Mixolydian so. scale on something and being yes, like, that's exactly. enough. Yeah. But, like, in actual, like, songs... It, it, this ain't no Pacific overtures where Sondheim actually tried to write in the style of Japanese, like, uh, like Japanese feudal music. Uh, this is just Alan Menken writing the songs he wants yeah. to write. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, there's no, like, attempt to, like, actually match the culture. Or the culture yeah. again yeah or even like it you know an attempt at instrumentation that would be appropriate like and i don't even know oh, if yeah. i would want that no. like playing this like kind of pseudo sure. like, yeah. but like you know some effort i feel like would that would be, be worse nice. yeah like yeah there were so many things where i was like 
you, this is so bad because all of this stuff is incorrect. But if they had done it correctly, still with all these white ass people, like I would also hate it. So there's no right. That's right. That's that's like obviously the answer is just don't do it. Or yeah. like or get the folks who would actually be uh, appropriate right. to write the fucking thing. Sure. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah. So obviously it's like uh he's a riffraff street rat, but he doesn't buy that. If only they'd look closer. Um. He. He wants more for his life. They'll they'll find out that there's so much more to him. Uh, meanwhile, in the castle, uh, Princess Jasmine uh, refuses to marry any of her princely suitors because her lovely uh, her lovely father, Sultan. Again, I I really like the character designs yeah, in yeah. this movie. They're ve- they're very memorable. There's a lot of sort of style and and character to them there's like obviously like i don't know it's that classic animation thing where like sort of uh the jafar is like uh, he's just all like sharp stick angles and like the sultan is sort of like just all circles Mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's like and like the genie is kind of like a an upside down pear or something right it's like there's just like very sort of simple shapes that define who these characters are. Well, then they were sort of uh, trying to ape Al Hirschfeld as well. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With all the Um, curly sort of endings on everything and sort of, I think, but one of the things he would try to do would be like to start a line and finish somebody's face with that single line. Yeah. You can definitely see that in like Jafar's beard and in Mm -hmm. um, the genie's face uh, too. The genie's face. Yes, totally. Yeah. I do think, Um, I mean, and like, I feel like I'm just going to be a broken record of like, no, like, there's do it. so much racist stuff that's like just like uh, you know bubbling under the surface of like even the uh, I was just like b- blown away watching it last night like how light skinned the protagonists are and how like quote unquote yes. like western and like west of what you know that's a whole other Pandora's box to open but sure. like like how western their features are and then how like yeah you know stereotype like even some of the background animation on the background characters I was like you did not sure. need to do that you did not need to like you know and Jafar as the villain like is slightly darker skinned has the hooked nose yeah. has the, you know like like th- these were all choices that were made I think like probably by a bunch of well-meaning white people, like, in service of, like, building this character. Sure. But that also incorporated sure. their, like, you know, unconscious biases about, like, well, yeah. these are what good people look like, even in this other place that we're wholly unfamiliar with. And this is what bad people look like. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> I can't defend it. It's all bad. Um, yeah. That's that's all. I, well, and so another sort of pe- semi-Pandora's box, to, so that's tied to all of this, Richard Williams, who's come up before on this podcast, because he, he was the animation director for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was the initial, like, first choice to direct Beauty and the Beast before it was a musical. Oh, yeah. He didn't direct Beauty and the Beast because he was directing his passion project, The Thief and the Cobbler, uh, which he'd been, like, animating... For like 20 to 30 years and was and finally because of Roger Rabbit he was like able to get some funding to like finish it but budget shit was happening and the studio was just like we don't want to do this um and they essentially just like halted the production they brought in like a B team to like just finish it and just like throw it into like two theaters and then straight to video but similarly I mean that's I, I, I can't defend uh a lot of the thief and the cobbler, uh, because again, it is also like white people writing this sort of uh, 
Arabian, quote-unquote, sort of, like, story. But it is a beautiful... It is, like... From an animation standpoint, it is maybe one of the greatest films like ever made. So, like, and there, like, there's this beautiful. If you find it on YouTube, uh, like over the past like ten or so years, they've cobbled. They literally <laughs> call it the hey. recobbled. They call it the recobbled cuts. They've mm. like essentially put together like Richard Williams's vision of what the film would be, oh, and dang. it is truly one of the most beautiful things. Like just just from an aesthetic standpoint, yeah. sure. but. The lead villain, Zigzag, voiced by Vincent Price, <gasps> essentially looks like uh, a, if the genie and Jafar had a kid. It essentially, it's a blue Jafar. It's oh. essentially what that character looks like. And this movie was being made in like the seven, in like the eighties and like early nineties. So yeah. it's like they they knew this was happening. This wasn't like out of their purview. So like. There's a lot of sort of like theories that like a lot and like there that like a lot of like just the characters from Aladdin are very similar to Thief and the Cobbler characters, um, just like aesthetically and just like from a story perspective. Here is here is Zigzag, holding um, yeah, on to the screen. Oh my! Yeah, oh. like that looks like an Aladdin character, right? Yeah. Totally. Still as racist as they come, but yeah. um. <laughs> But, like, it's definitely in that universe of white people uh, trying to make a movie set in the Middle East. Uh, an animated film set in the Middle East. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's a whole other thing um, that I felt need, I needed to bring up. Um, I do like Jafar's stanky old man costume. I think that's great. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, that, looks, that looks good. I forgot about that, and rewatching, I, like, got very excited. Yeah, it's the teeth. The teeth um, are so good. The shape of the, so the golden. You'll forget the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rule. Classic. <laughs> it's like the that wheeze. crooked smile. <laughs> yeah, really. And, 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 and listen. I like when he says, it, "Patience, my pungent friend," yeah. to like that little thief guy who just gets owned at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had to, who who had to slither through few throats to get the fucking scarab. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, through throats. I know. And like, listen, it is ridiculous. Obviously, that like this is just like a bunch of fucking white people voicing them. Um, Jonathan Freeman is very like oh, he's a classic Disney villain voice. Yeah. Jafar. Um, Yes, as Jafar, yes. Um, yeah, and good. he reprises that role in the stage uh, adaptation. Oh, wow. Which, which is, like, cool. Like, I guess that's fun. Good but also for like, him, but, like, maybe <laughs> not. You not shouldn't now. be. Yeah. yeah. It's no? also so fun. Like, that's the same thing with Lion King, right? It's like, it's like we sort of, like, predicate that, like, these characters should be played by black actors, but Scar's the villain, so it's fine if it's a white dude yeah. who yeah. plays him. Um, it's very strange. Um, so, yeah, so then uh, Jasmine and Aladdin are like, oh, God, you know, being super poor and being super rich are both so hard and the same. They, uh, are. they, both, <laughs> they, re they really are. He didn't um, eat today, but, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, canonically you did not eat anything. In you this. didn't eat today and you don't know uh, if you're going to be arrested or murdered on a daily basis, but I'm just so bored. Yeah. My uh, tiger is my only friend. Yeah. <laughs> Did they have a tiger in the stage show? No, I don't think they so. They replaced no. all no. the like, cool animal characters with like a, an assortment of three idiots. 
Oh, yes, this those is true. Three idiots. Yeah. God, yeah, we'll I get was to, fucking to... so mad when I saw them. Wow. <laughs> Especially the, the three Bab- Aladdin friends. I was like, fuck these Bab- guys. Babcack, Omar, and Kasim. Uh-huh. We'll get to them in Bab-cack. a bit. Babcack. Babcack. Uh, Speaking um, of yes. white actors voicing people, we do get a lot of Jim Cummings in this doing some great work. To <sighs> yes, bring up our old that- friend again. It's true. He is the head of the uh, Guards. Sultan's Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he reprises that role for, of course, the Aladdin television oh, yeah. series. Yep, right. And both the uh, sequel movies. And both the sequel movies. And he's yeah. uh, uh, Farouk, Farouk, the uh, the shop owner who wants who they take an apple from. Yes, who Jasmine takes right. the apple from. Um, yes, right. Why not? You, I, I'm sure in the early '90s, they were not for want of Middle Eastern voiceover actors. This is not like a, a thing that didn't exist. If they were looking in the right place, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they could it have would found take them. like a modicum yeah, of effort, though, to find sure. that. Sure. <laughs> we can't have Truly. that. Um, so, but yeah, so uh, creepy old man Jafar tri- uh, gets Aladdin and Abu's go to the Cave of Wonders to find the lamp. Touch nothing but the lamp. I will say, so of course, this is a uh, 92, early days of CG. Mm-hmm. Um, Cave of Wonders looks great. Looks pretty good. Like the. It's so Digital like sand that, technology. It's like good. that actual, <laughs> like the act. I mean, I think it helps that like the lighting is so dim. Yes, it's so very it's smart. Like, yes, but then you get inside, and that whole like lava chase when they like when Abu like tries to take the jewel, and then they're like racing out. I mean, it looks like they're in like a video game yeah. from 1992 yeah. when no, they're racing around. It looks like a video game from like 1999. Like okay, 1992, I... there was a video game of Aladdin, actually. Uh, <laughs> and but it was still like sprites for the most part. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, there's a little. It's a, it looks. Well, it looks like one of those like VR roller coasters yes, that you would go on at, at, at like Disney David World. Buster's, yeah, yeah. or yeah. at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is kind of wild. It's th- I I counted. It's thirty five minutes until the genie. Comes I also in. had. I also was looking at that timestamp. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's because it's, it's only like about like, what, an hour 20, an hour 25? Yeah, yeah it's not that long. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like almost like halfway through until he comes in and just, okay. So the genie. <gasps> what do you need? The genie. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> so good. Before we get into the genie, though, I do want to say, please, I, please. I, so I took copious notes while I was watching. And the Thank note you. that I Thank wrote you. at the time that the cave showed up was like, number one, cave still slaps. It looks amazing. Yes, the coolest yes, thing I've ever yes. seen. Number two, like, I, I guess, I mean, obviously as a child, I identified most with Aladdin because I made people call me Aladdin. But like, uh, currently today, the character in the movie I most identify with is the Cave of Wonders now. And this was like a oh, realization I had about myself last night of like, you disturb my slumber. I'm not happy about it. And if you touch anything, mm-hmm. I will fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. I can. I can. I can. I can genuinely see that. Um, I think part of the reason that the cave, the even the kind of goofier three D CG um, section of the cave works really well is because this whole movie is only in like four colors. Like yeah. it's like whole sections are blue as hell. Whole sections are like red as yeah. hell. When Jafar sort of has the upper sure. hand, and pretty much only in the beginning, like street scenes and in the like um back of the palace where jasmine is is it a big like a broadly used color palette it's like all the stuff in the cave of wonders is almost completely like blue until it is red and then Mm -hmm. it is blue except for or like the jafar stuff at the end is 
like maroon, all, except yeah. for the genie who's like bold, yeah. but still muted more than he is in the rest of the movie. Blue yeah. against yeah. it. They got they got a great again they got a great art design they got great mm-hmm. great use of colors um, in the aesthetics not in the casting of the <laughs> sure. fucking film um, the genie the genie the genie so like I said uh, initially it was going to be sort of like a cab Calloway Fats Waller type so you see how um, we're already not... like the character was coded already <laughs> yes yes um, they moved away from that um, other other folks that they were looking at i think robin williams was like number one there was like choice number one robin williams and they did like animation tests with like audio from his stand-up to be like he he is the genie like that's that like let's and that's i think that's what convinced robin williams Mm. to do it initially um i think other choices for the genie include i think they wanted steve martin which would have been a very different genie yeah banjo genie Banjo Genie, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, who obviously would eventually be Mushu in your favorite film, uh, oh. uh, and uh, gives a, an amazing performance. In does do well in that movie. Say. Yes, he is very funny in that movie. Um, uh, John Candy was also another choice. That would have been. Um, I'd like to see that movie. That would been fun. Yeah. That'd been very fun. But Robert Williams was their first choice. Um, he came in to record during breaks during the shooting of Hook. And toys, um, wow. and, and yeah, most, most, and so he, he took, uh, I believe, uh, be- because so Touchstone Pictures distributed Good Morning Vietnam, which was huge for Robin Williams, mm-hmm. and because of and Touchstone obviously is owned by Disney, and so because of how well they did with that movie, he was willing to voice the genie for SAG scale, pay, um. And so instead, usually, apparently his fee at that time was around eight million dollars. Uh, yep. But he took he took SAG scale to seventy five thousand um, on a few conditions. Now, here are the conditions that he, I think I know about one of them. Yeah. So his name and his image could not be used for marketing. Uh, the big one was that the character of the genie could not take up more than twenty five percent of space on advertising artwork um and he said that like he yeah he didn't want like to be used for marketing uh for like selling toys and shit um they're obviously like everyone sort of knows the famous aladdin poster where it's like them aladdin and uh jasmine on the carpet and the genie is very big at the very top of the poster and i guess spreading his arms over the whole crowd and there's just i think there's just a bunch of other stuff happening so that i guess he is maybe taking up what like 24 percent of the poster (laughs) like or 24.5 percent but and then obviously like they used his image and uh used his voice for like yeah like fucking like happy meals and shit because it's disney Cause it's Disney. Yep. You, they can make art within capitalism, but it's still capitalism, baby. Yep. Um, but and, and obviously, and the big thing was that yeah, like uh, Robin Williams was working on toys, which was apparently his big live action passion project, and it was coming out. Why, have like, you ever seen that movie? I've not seen it. Nah. It's weird. I yes. I <laughs> I don't think it's bad. It's just weird. Um, and it, so I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it came out as so a toys was scheduled to come out a month after Aladdin. And he's like, I just, I don't want this movie with my image to cannibalize my, the other movie that I want to do really sure. well. Um, it, that's what happens. That she is should have lit- moved your movie. 
Yeah. Robin. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Um, so that's all. And so obviously there were a lot of like disagreements. Um, he, uh, they, he was just like, I do not want to work with Disney. They, they suck. Um, they obviously they made two direct-to-video sequels to this film, uh, The Return of Jafar, which uh, Robert Williams did not come back for. Um, they replaced him with uh, Homer Simpson himself, Dan Castellaneta. Um, oh, not his best work either. Nope. It's not very. It's a poorly written movie. More importantly, yes. but but then they, yeah. but I believe then uh, they were able. Jeffrey Katzenberg was out of Disney by the time that Aladdin and the King of Thieves was supposed to come out. Um, so they were able to like make amends, and he finally did that third Aladdin film. Whatever. It's pretty um, good. It's it's better. His dad better. his dad uh is played by John Rhys Davies. It's true. Gimli himself. Oh dang. He's the and he's the king of thieves. He is uh, the king of thieves. He's very handsome. But but back to the first Aladdin, uh where Robert Williams are uh, what is this? The the gr- one of the greatest pieces of voice acting in a film. And Yeah. I yeah. Was, and like again, like there's the comedy of it all. There's the speed of it all. There's just the nonsense, uh, anachronistic comedy of it all. But, like, the genie also works because, like, he is a truthful, honest, emotional character. Yeah. Like, you have Mm. those moments where he is, like, so earnest about, like, him, like, wanting to get his freedom from the lamp and his, like, and, like, like, right after the whole fucking Rodney Dangerfield, (laughs) Jack Nicholson bit, he's like, Al, you you gotta be yourself. And it's, like, so touching. Like, it's, and obviously there's, like, the, you'll always be a prince to me at the end, like, that, that shit. Like, it's an earnest performance, like, alongside the nonsense of it all. Like, that's, that's the key to it. And I love the thought of like him recording this in between like filming Hook. Yes. Just because like I like that movie uh, number one amazing movie. But like sure. like the idea of him like playing a character who's like very much trying to distance himself from like childlike qualities and from sure. like the joy of being a child and then coming and doing this, which is so like there is a childlike quality to the genie. Oh, and sure. also kind of like an ageless, timeless quality. But like just very willing to like dive into a thing and like live in the kind of humor of se- like I love the idea that he was doing both of those at the same time and I wonder if that like had anything to do with how far he was like willing to go with voicing the genie to kind of like I don't know maybe he needed a little break from being like fucking serious all the time sure I would agree with that um hey so here's my here's my thing here's my thing with the genie uh so friend like me is the song that he sings to Aladdin in the cave um I I think that is, the, again, like, this. I'm making these, like, bold hyperbolic statements, but I'm, I'm gonna stick by them. Uh, Friend Like Me, I think, is the best piece of animation that exists in the Disney canon, in the Disney wow. Renaissance mm-hmm. canon. Um, wow, a lo- yeah. Alongside the Beast, just as a character in Beauty and the yeah. Beast. Uh, or like, uh, yeah, like, as a sequence, I think Friend Like Me is just bombastic so well done the song just slaps as well um and it's like i i've watched that thing i've watched that song countless times it is just so good it like it exists in this just like ethereal like blue space where just like mm-hmm. anything can happen he's like boxing yeah. he's a made a d there's towers of uh of uh 
baklava there's i don't Fruits. know yeah yeah. <laughs> there's, um, yeah the creativity of like the the animation but also just the magic that they develop i was like yes oh this is this is fucking cool it's just, mm-hmm. and it's just also fluid it just like everything flows from one sequence to the next i think it is just like a crowning achievement of hands-drawn animation uh it is just yeah. it is literal magic and it's just and also Robert, Robert Williams has a pretty decent voice yeah. like you can you like sing yeah. the heck out of that song um so this song there were two songs nominated for the Oscar that year it was this one and then the song that won whole new world which I mean, they love the sappy is a classic. I know it's yeah. I mean, right because I on the Lion King episode I was talking about how I I'm not a big fan of Can You Feel the Love Tonight. I think there's just something about the sappy romantic Disney ballad that just doesn't like. I like the like I like the I want Disney ballads. Like for mm. for as much as I do not like Pocahontas, like I think Colors of the Wind. Colors like, of the Wind is, is a great. spectacular song. Yes, yes. like um, so it's just around the river bend. Yes, it's true. Mm, but like, true. and like, and obviously, yeah. So like, I'm a big fan of like the big like solo ballads. But I don't know. There's something about the romantic Disney ballads that just does it. Like, and I like listening to Whole New World. I was like, you know, this song is good. Like, mu- structurally, musically, it is like triumphant. It just, I don't mm. like. It just didn't hook itself into me in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Hey Ben, see- you know what movie doesn't have a sappy romantic duet? Yeah, some fucking shit called Mulan, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just bangers in Mulan. Okay, I will say the best Disney song of all time, in my humble opinion, is, is it fucking man out of you. I'll make a man out of you. Shh, whatever. Whatever. It's so good. <laughs> I know. It's so yeah. good. Listen, I went to I went to college too. I know. I know how much people like that song. That was like <laughs> like every time we would go to karaoke at the Garage Door Saloon in Pittsburgh, uh-huh. Pennsylvania. That would be like every week someone would sing that song. Yep. yep. We would oh. at our our cast parties for the theater company that I helped run in college. That song always played, obviously, because it's a college theater party. But I did have one friend who every time the like moment came would like try and climb the nearest surface that she could and like sit on the top of it, like Mulan does in the film. Sure. She climbs that large pole. Um, so I guess I do have associations with that song. But also, that's like the magic of Disney is like having associations from your childhood with a thing. Yeah. So did I love half of the stuff? I don't know if it's actually good, but well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Did y'all have those, um, or either of you have those, those like Disney sing-along VHS tapes? Oh yeah. This mm. was, I remember very distinctly, like when those came out and like, we were at like, I don't know, FYE or Suncoast <laughs> yes. or something like that in the nineties yeah. in the mall. And like my sister and I being like, holy God, we got to get mom. we got to get this. And like her being <laughs> like, and there's like eight of them, you know? So like none of them are the same movie. It's like this collection and this collection and blah, blah, blah. And the one that we were like deciding between two. And then we realized that friend like me was, on one tape and not on the other one. And we were like, oh, well, no. that makes our decision for us. We right got to do it. We got to get that one. I got to see what that yeah. genie's up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. The genie's wild. Again, like just the anachronistic references. Like fucking, he, he, yeah. he turns into Joan Rivers during Prince Ali. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's all. That's all. Joan. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's funny. A, I love the feathers. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and the fun, again, like the songs, like again, 
culturally non-specific to Aladdin, but they are like they're fun. They're fun, mm-hmm. like uh, like a fu- there's like fun like hangout songs. I don't know. Uh, there's something going on Prince there. Ali's but- great. During yes. Prince Ali, I like whenever I like, I like when the genie comes out and is singing with all the ladies on the balcony, just and has big old titties. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I just wrote genie is trans and went like. <laughs> Genie's Genie's a gender bending icon. This is Genie this is true. all genders. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like probably Genie's yeah. a, a, yeah. a, a, a an ephemeral ethereal, He's ethereal a cloud being. Of, cloud of blue smoke. Yeah, yeah. What, what gender? Yeah. Nothing. Whatever he wants. Yeah. Genie is whoever they need to be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare close your eyes. Um. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that also a whole new world. Uh, how do they travel? Where they go are they going? So far, they go yeah. all over That's the map. A long night. <laughs> they go to yeah. Egypt. They yep. go to what looks like to Greece, Greece, Greece. Yep. China. Yeah. But like, yeah. at least Egypt and Greece are not like that far. <laughs> right. I guess like geographically, they're roughly within like I guess thousand miles. But yeah, then yeah. they're clearly in like. Like China, in China, Imperial China. Yeah, that's, that's far. That's, that's very that's far. far. That's very far. And um, she's but, back in time yes. to like, you know, I assume she has some sort of For curfew. curfew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way. So, yeah. So uh, they're going to get married because he's cute and he sang a great uh, fuck me song. Uh, uh, don't she she should not dare close her eyes. Uh, but Jafar uh, no, realizes that it is Aladdin. Uh, so he's got. So he steals. He gets his uh, lovely Gilbert Gottfried parrots to steal the lamp. And yeah, Gilbert again. Gilbert Gottfried, great. They're just like I'm gonna uh, parrot, pun intended. Uh, Brand's uh, enthusiasm for this wonderful parrot. Oh man. <laughs> you know what's wild is like this is a time like only in 1992 would they have been like <laughs> our movie's clearly anchored by Robin Williams. We're also gonna put hit comedian yeah. Gilbert Godfrey in this as well, a parrot, as, as a, a talking parrot. Now it would be like they'd be like I don't know. I mean, Adina Menzel's already in it. We're just just get some some other guy. You know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have like yeah. so, so much stunt casting. You know, well it's it's like Hercules, right? You get Danny DeVito to play Phil. Then you get uh-huh. Bob, you get Bobcat Goldthwaite yes. to play Pain, <laughs> like, and obviously James, James Woods, Woods is, yeah, uh, totally. yeah. And yeah, James Woods Jim Cummings is, is in that movie too. Okay, James Woods is a, a fantastically terrible human being, but yes. I mean, probably like the, the, I would say the, yeah. the best, maybe like second voice performance to Genie, like yeah. another yeah, blue, Hades another blue good. guy, another blue guy, yeah, yeah. blue guy. Um, but yeah, so then oh. Jaf- Jafar gets the lamp. Prince he- Abubu. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Also, like um, just the like <laughs> the, the moment of like, uh, yeah, like people get uh, brown people's names wrong all the time. But like, I, know. I don't know. I was just like, this feels there are a lot of levels to this, and I'm confused, yes. and I just need to move on. Um, but then you get to this like grand finale where like Aladdin is like working to like defeat old big old snake Jafar. Snake uh, Jafar, he, he which attacked. looks tight as hell. Yeah, it's yes. cool. I like also, it's like a Dark Souls boss. I like also how he like has, <laughs> he uses so many pun attacks. He's like, don't toy with me and turns yes. the monkey into yeah. a toy. And he's like, 
your time is up, princess, and puts her in an hourglass. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. I love it. I'll unravel you yet, carpet. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Like <laughs> Shit like that. Um, and I do, again, like another sort of just like genuine non pop culture reference joke from the genie, where, again, like what's great is that uh, it isn't like a final boss where Aladdin just has to like punch the snake a bunch of times. He's using his street smarts trickery yeah. to get rid of the, like, that's, that's a great sort it's of like. Smart. In investment in who this character is yeah, and using yeah. that to take that. And then, fool the genie too, so we like know yeah. he's got that ability, that like conning ability, you know. Yes, to but I, placed it on his I, own petard, you know. But yes, I do love when he's like talking to Jafar. He's like, yeah, you, you know, genie's the one who gave you power. He'll never be as powerful as he is. And genie's just like uh, Al. What are you? What are you? What are you he's doing? Like peeking around that wall. I like. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> Why are you bringing me into this? <laughs> Again, he's just oh, honestly like rest in peace, Robin. Fucking oh. like absolutely tragic. Um, oh god, yeah, very sad. But it's like, a there's a reason that this is just like such an enduring performance. It's just so mm-hmm. much of him in it. Yeah. The genie, like yeah. the genie, is inextricable to Robin Williams. Yeah. Put yeah. a pin in that. Put a pin yep. in that. Yep. Comment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yes, they, they, the Jafar is tricked into turning himself into a genie, which means he gets stuck in the lamp. He drags Iago into the lamp, and then it is catapulted into the desert. Um, the Sultan's like, ah, oh, you love each other. It's that law that's the problem. Uh, and he gets rid of the law. Um, Shit, I'm in charge. I could change the law. <laughs> You're right. Who knew? Um, and it's a, happy ev- it's a happy ending. It's a happy ending. It's over, um, too. The movie's like, and hey, we're done. Yeah, that's and it. Yeah. credits. Made you yeah. look. That's yeah. it. yes, that's it's funny. cute. Yeah, that's it's cute. cute. No. Um, I, before we go to like final thoughts on the movie, I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't bring up. And Tina, I don't know if you know if I'm gonna do this. I feel like you must know about this. Uh, cause uh, cause obviously there are several stage adaptations of Aladdin, including the uh-huh. Broadway musical we're about to talk about. Of course, there's mm-hmm. a very famous theme park. Yes. Uh, version that yeah. played at the Hyperion Theater in Disney's California Adventure. Played for years. We talked about it on our Patreon episode. If you listen to our Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, because sure the is. Toy the Toy Story musical was gonna replace that show, and there was such a fervent uh, cry of no that it didn't. Um, yep. But there is, of course, another stage adaptation of the Disney Aladdin. Of I am of course referring to. Twisted, the untold story of a royal vizier, um, a musical from Starkid yes. Productions. Oh, okay. That's um, right. Of These course, nerds. the the, the yeah. out of the University of Michigan, my yes, alma mater. I know. M- might have a, another uh, person who's familiar with them uh, on a future episode. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Um, but uh, anyway, um, but yes, and I would say so. Yeah, these are the these are the lovely theater nerds behind the. The musical based on the wizard books by a terrible transphobic author um, and uh, <laughs> a bunch of other shit. But I think this is their best show. I, I, I do want to say that this show, which is it's essentially like, what if Aladdin was wicked? It's like, what if we like looked yeah. at the movie <laughs> Aladdin sure. with Jafar as the protagonist? Uh-huh. Um, it's very funny. It's very silly. And the songs are actually very well written. Um, it's, it's on YouTube. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's like, if you want like a dumb self referential, like take on this material, 
I don't know. It's it's silly. Go check it out. Um, that is my plug for them. I don't know. It's there's some, there's something going on there. There's something going on yeah. there. Um, I but, will say Jafar yes. in the Broadway musical does have a little Alphaba moment, which I am very excited to talk about. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, in that in that Diamond in the Rough song, in that one, or no, at the very end. Oh, sure. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> so Aladdin. So. We've gone on this. We've gone on this magic carpet ride journey through the Disney uh, shows, and for the most part, Disney theatricals outside of like Lion King wasn't really doing great. You know, like yeah. Newsies was doing okay. Um, Newsies was kind of like a, a hit. Um, Little Mermaid uh, and Tarzan kind of like crashed and burned. Beauty and the Beast ran its thirteen-year run. Uh, Mary Poppins did what it had to do. Um, <laughs> and then Aladdin moved into the new Amsterdam theater a year after uh, Mary Poppins closed. And it, it it had a tryout in Seattle. It was uh, directed and choreographed by Casey Nicolor, one of the five white men who are allowed to direct a Broadway musical. Yep. It's like him yep. and four other dudes who are the only people who can direct a Broadway musical these days. Yep. Um, Jerry Mitchell. Like Jerry director, Mitchell, Michael Mayer, uh, Jerry Zach. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like five people. That's it. Michael Greif. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's... So, and again, so it's, I, I get the equation. I get the equation that's being done. Aladdin, the film, was an animated, like, buddy, old school, like, movie musical comedy. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, great. So Aladdin, the stage show, should also be, like, a wacky musical comedy? <sighs> is kind uh... of the direction they go in. Um, but again... Like I said at the top of this episode, so much of the film is indebted to it as an animated film. And so mm-hmm. when you're just moving stuff to the stage, it just, it doesn't work. It's, it is, it doesn't yeah. matter that it's literally the same text and the same plot. It just doesn't move in the same way. The, I mean, and we've, you and I have talked about this, like maybe on the air and also definitely not on the air before. Yes. Of like. A theatrical adaptation like you have to embrace the medium yes. and yes. I think like it's not that they didn't try to like kind of embrace the medium but they basically like the fix for like all of the magic and all of the like wonderment of the animated movie is like we'll use dancers for this yeah and like yeah. it does as a, as a I have the I, as a former dancer I have the utmost respect for like dance as a storytelling medium but like that can't be the fix for everything you have like probably a huge budget and like oh, you have would, the ability to turn this so. into something, right? So like you can't just be like, and we're gonna throw a bunch of dancers at this, and that's gonna be what the spectacle is. Yeah, now. I mean like, you can do that if you're Julie Taymor making the Lion <laughs> King, but right. this was not that. You know, there was no, no like no, artfulness no, no. to it or theatricality no. to it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I mean that's so and right that's the thing like we you know we've we've weaved in and out of these episodes about like are they taking like a literal approach or are they taking like an artful approach and this one like I guess it's literal but it's like obvi- but again like it's obviously like you can't put a monkey on stage should have yeah <laughs> sure I mean, you, you should you could well, they did in Lion King 
This is yeah, true. I mean, I'm they talking did. a real monkey. We can. Have you seen? There's some monkeys <laughs> oh, that have so shit, many yeah. tricks they can do. You said this monkey would be sweeping the floors and cleaning the gutters, and now he just lies there, struggling to breathe. <laughs> what do you want? His cholesterol's through the roof. I know some monkeys that are better behaved than some actors. Oh, like, that, well, 100%. there was a monkey uh, that was like in like every movie in the nineties. Uh, like it was a Doctor Doolittle. It was like a sort of a tiny little fella with. Was a, it the one that's in Ace Ventura as well? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 I know like one se- of those monkeys. <laughs> yeah, they could have made it work. Well, they got it. It's like a oh 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 oh. We of course skipped over. A recurring segment ah. on the show. Oh. What? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, Tina, I don't know if you remember this from a few episodes back, but of course this is a recurring ep- segment on the show that we like to call Why Did They Make a Live-Action Version of This? Why the fuck did they make a live-action version of this? Directed by Guy Ritchie. I was about to say. Okay, what the so- hell was that choice? Yeah. So he just needed so, a new house or something. So this oh came out. Th- this came out months before Lion King. This came out the same year as the dreaded Insane. Lion King. I know. No. So, what are you doing, Disney? Okay. So and this is again. So obviously we talked about the uh, inherent racism of Aladdin as a stage show, and so I so foolishly. Foolishly, a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to be Disney's big corrective. This is going to be their like, oh, "Oh, (laughs) this is going to be our quote unquote authentic take on the material of Aladdin. Um, Nope. And directed it's directed by, by Guy, Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. Yeah, <laughs> directed by, yeah. So first off, directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, songs with lyrics by Pasek and Paul, the widest uh, songwriters in the contemporary musical theater. Alan Minken came back and wrote uh, or added some music yeah, for it, right? It's again, like all these other fucking movies, they wrote some pretty okay songs for this new stage adaptation, but they're like, they wrote a song, then they're just like, no, we'll write a shitty song for Jasmine about how, sh- how she'll never be speaking. Like, oh boy. what is happening? Yeah. But yeah, and yeah, so... we'll cast, like, the <laughs> lightest-skinned brown people we can yes. find. Yep. Yeah. Of course. And put and, and put a bunch of extras in tan make Like, I... Ooh, oh, my God. That's yeah. right. I we forgot could, about the brown, the brown And then, of course, and then, of course, and of course, uh-huh. and so, of course, the... And, of course, the... So, the mental math, of course, with the genie was like, okay, so we can't just do Robin Williams. Um, we can't just do that. Um, so, uh, Will Smith? Will Smith, again. Which is... Uh, <laughs> which is... <laughs> which, again, is a very... Different energy. <laughs> My Will Smith sounds. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, and also yeah. like it is, and this is a this is more of a complaint against Will Smith than it is necessarily Disney for this one. <laughs> sure. But like we have really been robbed in the last like 15 years or so of Will Smith having a rap song in every movie he's in. And it's sure. fucked up, frankly. True. And yeah. um, I have not seen more than about 30 seconds of the Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, I refuse. I, I refuse to watch it. Oh, no way. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely not. Uh, but from what I understand, Will Smith does not have a, like, a rap song. He just sings Friend Like Me. So, you know, I'm going to pass. <sighs> I'm going to pass on that line. Uh, in, yeah, in the, in the, the fucking the, point. Yeah. In the version of Friend Like Me. <laughs> in the version of Friend Like Me. 
<laughs> in the version of friend like me that they do in the sit in the in the movie, he does go like, "I'm a genie from the lamp. I'll do this dance if you give me it." Like he raps an iota. Um, it's real rough. It's very rough. Um, yeah. Also, uh, this is semi semi related. Like Aladdin, the movie looks garbage. Like oh, actually, man. like as- aesthetically, it looks yeah. like it looks rough. It, it they look so- like they're wearing fucking ice skating costumes, like illusion netting everywhere. <laughs> that is and a just, really and, uh, good descriptor. And just like the and just like the CG looks like Yikes. atrocious. Yeah, the like, colors and like, are all ugh. And like I, and like so I and someone brought this up, and I think it's like true. It's like someone like, I, and I wish I could find who to attribute to this on on the social media. But they were like, the Green Knight, which just came out, was made for like fifteen to twenty million dollars, and it looks better than like most Disney and Marvel sure. movies. Yeah, it's like yeah. those things cost like hundreds of millions of dollars, can't and they put look, a price on taste, baby. You can't. They look like Netflix like, shows. Money, money is yeah. fake. Craft is everything. Um, Capitalism look like is Netflix bad. shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, okay. I think I, I think I have formulated an answer to the question of why and how did this live action remake get made? Sure. And I think it like has so much to do with like white guilt, but also sure. like like white people thinking they have the solution to like a racist property. Like, oh, instead of like. Like sure. examining why this property that was made by white people about people that had no hand in actually making this, like wh- why that needs to be remade at all. But like, we'll do it. But this time with brown people, we'll put brown people into yeah. a story that's sort of about them, but that none of them were involved in creating. Even like the folk tale has like roots primarily in a French translator and in sure. a French te- like. Like, mm-hmm. so the the rooting of this story, like, yeah, there are folk tales that are actually, like, rooted in Middle Eastern tradition, sure. but, like, yeah. it's so far removed at this point that, like, I think it's just, like, a, instead of, like, examining why this property was racist to begin with, we'll just fix it by putting brown people in there when, like, can we just have a thing with brown people that's by us and that actually honors who we are and doesn't just is- use us as, like props you know it is it is so funny well, not funny it's terrible uh like yeah like even like so the original like thief of thief of baghdad that like a lot like a lot of the uh, animated film was based on mm-hmm. was like that's fucking like michael powell directed that who's like an english yeah. director um one of the uh first actually i believe the first ever rec- like surviving animated film uh, I think it's, I believe it's called like the adventures of Prince Ahmed it was like a German woman made that. It's mm-hmm. like, it's always just like, usually like white Europeans or sure. like white Americans. It's never like, where are the actual stories uh, yeah. from the Middle East? It's like always like, yeah. Oh, like referencing like these stories filtered through a colonialist lens. Yeah, well, and, like, let me use this as a backdrop. And I should say, like, for the people who don't know me, I'm not Middle Eastern, I am Indian, which, if the animated and the remake would, you know, have you believe are the same thing, I fucking guess. <laughs> sure. But, like, because of the, yeah, I mean, the aesthetics, yeah. they, I was like, that's straight up Indian, like, that's not, yeah. So anyway, but, like, I am not Middle Eastern, so I can't speak on this from, like, a directly personal standpoint. But, like, as a brown person who is often, like, lumped into this category, like... Mm-hmm. The the way that it's hit, like, you can't just, like, hand people a thing that was already bad and be like, fix it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you gotta, you, we gotta start from scratch and, like, actually pay brown people to, well, like... Well, that, that uh, extends you know. to the... 
Sorry for interrupting. That extends no, to no. the the stage show of Aladdin too, because like yeah, still, it's time. still a bunch of white people working on it. Yep. Um, yeah. It's still like it's, I think aesthetically, it's doing even more of what you were just talking about, Tina. Of yeah. that mixing yeah. of especially like Indian culture, <laughs> like yeah. and the stage show, it's so much more. Like yeah. they're like, oh look how look how like yeah, it's like you said, it's like they're trying to be more diverse, and it's like really you're just totally mixing cultures and don't well, not thing, doing like, anything of reality, you know. From a from yeah. a casting perspective, yeah, it's like the, yes, they get people of color for the leads, but it's like people of color. It's not specifically yeah. like yeah. Middle Eastern yeah. actors. It's just like no. oh, as long as they're not white, <laughs> that's the same as being from Agrabah, <laughs> right? All the same. We're not all the same. <laughs> I know. So, but I mean, so it has been, it is interesting where it's like, at least from what I can see from like the, from like the history of the genie on stage. And especially mm. in like, and obviously this moved over to the live action. It's always been a black male actor in the yeah. genie role, which again is kind of now full circle going back to this Camp Calloway Fat Swaller inspiration sure. that yeah. Ashman was looking at. So it's, yeah. And like again, I the the mental math it it makes sense. I understand it. Of like, uh, like uh, we don't want a white guy in this role, but I guess it's not gonna be a Middle Eastern actor. Yeah, so a weird middle line is black guy. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Again, I don't get like, that equation. And it's well, I I think I like like subconsciously I feel like the thought that I guess made that choice a thing is like. Like it's like a it's like a sassy black friend kind of trope. It's sure, like a magical sure. like helper role, and it's also like and, and this hit me real weird. And I was like, I this is not okay. It's like how much talk there is of like like calling people master and freedom, yeah, and like yeah. like that hits Ooh. in a way that is not acknowledged and not like like the fact that this yeah. is the role that you decided would be a black actor is yeah. not. It, it's coded I mean and it was always kind of coded that way like now that you say kind of the original intention for the role but like oh it's just it's where was, just gross where me. was the dramaturg on this production like truly like yeah. honestly um I, can Disney not fucking afford to pay for that um but, no they and, pay and, they pay for the dramaturg that's not going to push them on these things that's sure. why they hire yeah. them yes, yes. Yeah. um so and so pretty much like it is obviously you you remove the animal characters from the state show there's no abu there is of course babcack omar and kasim abu who abai <sighs> sorry there we go but no <laughs> don't apologize i was mildly amusing uh but uh they were in Ashman's original treatment. They were like, Aladdin was always going to have these three friends. It was Katzenberg in the revision that threw a little monkey friend in there. Um, so in the stage adaptation, you get this new song, Babcack Omar, Aladdin Kasim, which has Ashman lyrics. Cool. Uh, High Adventure, which is a song they sing to go rescue Aladdin, also has Ashman lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, and the other song with Ashman lyrics that isn't in the film but is in the stage uh, adaptation is Proud of Your Boy uh, which is a nice song which was almost it's in the fine. movie it's yeah. a uh, it's a fu it's it's I don't know it's I like it's Aladdin he's wants to, he wants his dead mom to be proud of him uh, it's the like movie Beetlejuice does not suffer uh, with it's about its a dead absence. mom this is fair yeah. yeah apparently Katzenberg said quote like 
get rid of the mom. She fuck the mom, not fuck the mom, but in like so many words, <laughs> he was just like, we don't need the mom. Uh, He's not wrong. I mean, but, like we we understand the trope of like street urchin person. You know what I mean? We don't need to know. Like, yeah, we don't need that. And I, I'm as, no, I, well, as I say all the time, like shorter is always better, and keeping the movie at yeah. ninety minutes instead of ninety seven or whatever for it's good. sure. Yeah, and I think like to, that's like a problem with this whole musical is like Ugh. they do a lot of like filling in. Like there's a lot of. I mean, I, I wouldn't say the movie is like subtextually rich, but like there's a lot of subtext <laughs> in the movie that like they straight up like put into a scene and like yeah. really like hit over the head in yeah. dialogue in the show. And I was like, we don't. We get this. Like you don't have to dumb it down for. Your odd, like people yeah. are gonna understand this, you know. You and, don't need to like say it ten times. And does the musical have the little, the little like bummer reprise of uh, Riff Raff Street Rat? Yes. So see mm. that to me that <laughs> that, bu- that bummer the bummer remix like serves that purpose. <laughs> it serves that purpose of him having that song. You're of, not like, wrong. You're not wrong. You know. Um, I do like and again again. So yeah. So looking at like new stuff that they added um for the stage show. Uh, Jasmine gets a song uh called uh, these palace walls. Oh, how how she wishes to escape these palace walls. Great. That's boring. Uh, a Million Miles Away is a new duet for Aladdin and Jasmine to sing about how they want to just get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like Skid Row. They gotta get out of here. Uh, <laughs> a Million Miles Away. Um, if only it were like Skid Row. I know. J- right. uh, Jafar gets, um, gosh, a terribly boring villain song called Diamond in the yeah. Rough. And it's so long. I yeah. Know. Oh, and Iago isn't a parrot. He's just some guy. <laughs> Should have been a parrot puppet and somebody either operating it on stage or like just voiceover from the booth would have been like, yeah, they should it's like so a much guy better. doing a Gilbert Gottfried like impression. No, no, no. Too, Tina, which is just like... They should have gone the Toy Story musical route and ah. gotten Gilbert Gottfried to record lines. <laughs> so bizarre. Please don't do that. Show. <laughs> um, but it's also weird because like the, Aladdin doesn't really fall into a two act structure. No. Like that's yeah. like as a movie, like it like ends with him being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a prince. I got a genie now." It's like, okay, yeah. Go, let that's me go the get first, a. So- that's where the act break is. Yeah, yeah. let me go get a soda. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let me yeah, go, it was let me go such a bizarre... before Prince Ali, which I know is next. Yeah. And I swear to God, I thought Prince Ali would be the end of Act One. I was like, nope. they gotta end yeah. with like no, a big. It's the, it's the Act Two opener. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, and Act Two is so short anyway. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't um, make any sense. But then, yeah, the, another new song. Uh, so all of the three friends get kidnapped with Aladdin and then Genie, because obviously it's hard to do, I guess, an underwater trick uh, on stage. So Genie. It's res- not, though. They did it in Tarzan and it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this isn't Tarzan. This is Casey Nicola's Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> Tina. And to be fair, that's like the one beautiful thing about Tarzan. Sure, you know, yeah, well, it's like we've, the one cool thing we've we've talked about. Tarzan. Um, Amazing! But, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um, but uh, they sing a song called "Somebody's Got Your Back." Again, like also, I I want to say, I definitely with Prince Ali, and I think a little bit with Friend Like Me. Uh, the tempo 
is so much slower yes. than the film. Why do they do and that? Which, like, for stuff? live performance, like, I get, because, like, it's harder to sustain while you're actually doing the dancing stuff. But, like, also, like, you're on Broadway. You, you yeah, and also, in my experience, most of the time, you're pushing a tempo in a live performance faster True. than in a recording. True. Because adrenaline plus, like... Maybe trying to get the runtime down just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like an over over enthusiastic music director, like whatever. Yeah. It's usually like a little bit clippy, a little like two clicks higher than you are in a recording. And part of that's because it's actually like easier to stay in time with that many members of an orchestra and a company if you're going a little faster than if you're slowing down because it's easy to get behind the beat, you know? So it's really bizarre to yeah. take those two high energy songs and be like, now nah, we'll make them a little let's take it let's take it easy baby yeah <sighs> very silly and yeah like the, and the genie again like it's it is more of just like uh i'm here to be a broadway entertainer yeah kind of role and it's like yeah and like james Monroe, vibes even it, you know <laughs> wait i mean genie kind of that's i know that there is kind of a direct line from original robin williams genie to Broadway Beetlejuice. I'm not gonna say that yeah. doesn't exist, ah. but genie for, juice. for the for the oh, genie juice for the worse. I Beetle would say, genie. but Beetle genie genie um, boost. No, <laughs> that's no. <it. laughs> um, but and like James Monroe Eagleheart, who won the Tony for playing the yeah. genie. Wild. Like it is, it is what. So actually, yeah, I I wanna I wanna look at the Tonys this year because uh, this was a a wild. A wild year. It was. A wild year at the old Tony Awards. Um, 14? Yes. 2014. Yes. So, James Monroe Eagleheart won. Eagleheart? Eagleheart? You know. Um, He won uh, the Tony Awards for Aladdin. Uh, He won it over uh, Jared Spector, who was in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Mm. Uh, He won it over Joshua Henry, who was in Violet. (gasps) Uh, who maybe he should have won. Uh, he w- yeah. he won it over uh, the sadly late uh, Nick Cordero, who was in Bullets Over Broadway, mm. um, a future episode based on a fucking Woody Allen movie. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, Danny Burstein in Cabaret as Herr Schultz, who maybe ah. he should have won. I mean, again, James is giving it his all. I get it is a big showmanship role using yeah. the text of the Robin Williams genie, and I don't know if you can square that circle. I yeah. just don't think it works. Um, this musical was also nominated for Best Musical. Didn't win. Uh, Thank God. Other, uh, no, it'll be ridiculous. Um, yeah. But the other nominees were Beautiful, the Carol King musical, uh, After Midnight, which was sort of a, a, a lovely sort of uh, review type show. It's like a jazz review yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of based on the Cotton Club. Uh, it, I saw it. It was really lovely. Um, but the winner that year was A Gentleman's Gu- Guide to Love and Murder. Oh, my God, which I saw right after it won. Yeah, I love that. I get why it won. It's a fun yeah. show. I get it, too. Um but and I believe it was yeah it was nominated for a few that the that was its only win, um, but yeah it was nominated for book and uh, music and lyrics. Sure. Really, it was nominated for book. The I text know. is so what? bad. I know Chad Begelin like Chad Begelin like it's it's not it's it's not the best adaptation. It's really no. Not. It's, it's so, like like I said before like they just like really hammer stuff home like they really hit you over the head with like. 
every fucking little thing. And the dialogue is so forced. I know. I really it is. It. it is. It's, <laughs> it is, uh, it's such, it, I mean, it's just such like Broadway. It's just such like, yeah. ah, this'll do it. This is how yeah, it works. Yeah, and it's not rooted in any, like, emotional truth. It's like, and here's a bit, and this is the quippy thing I'm going to say, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, I inauth- really it's very inauthentic, it. is yeah. sort of the thing. And uh, from a movie that, as wonderfully, terribly racist as it is, there's at least some character authenticity, right? There's some yeah. kind of emotional authenticity in these characters yeah. that just doesn't really seem to translate on stage. Um, because, yeah. again, I, I think they're just going, and again, I... Maybe maybe it's a production thing, or I think it's just it's just going for this just like big old Broadway big old Broadway musical comedy thing, and it just leaves emotion at the door. Yeah, it's sad. I don't know. He sings a he sings a medley of Disney songs in Friend Like Me. I guess that's cute. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, and they have that moment in the movie too, where like the genie pulls like a Sebastian crab sure, out of the book, but it's and, not like, as he's not like, fucking he's not singing no, fucking yeah. Alan Menken songs. Yeah, it doesn't take like ten fucking minutes. It's like two seconds. Oh, we get the bit. That's funny. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't God. know. It's yeah. and it's you know it's interesting because it's like looking at like the rest of like at least Disney's. Broadway career because yeah this is a huge hit it's set to reopen when everything else is reopening on Broadway like it is still like at the old New New Amsterdam Um, (laughs) but like the only musical that they opened on Broadway after this was Frozen yeah so it's like I don't again we'll we'll be probably digging more into this like on the Frozen episode but it's like I'm curious like what like, what else could Disney bring to the stage? Like, to Broadway? Yeah. Because, like, I, like, they've done the big ones. Like, mm-hmm. y- like Pocahontas would be a nightmare. Pocahontas yeah, would be an absolute nightmare. Pocahontas and Mulan would be absolute yeah. nightmares to bring to the yeah. stage. For so many reasons. I mean, Pocahontas has, like, eight animal characters. Way too many animal sure. characters. To, like, and the tree! I feel like... And, and the, the tree's yeah. tight. You could so do the tree. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, there's so much theater magic that you could work on that. And, like, I don't But, like, they shouldn't do that fucking show because uh, for all of, you know. I mean, you like, gotta hire yeah, Mel Gibson. Reasons. You gotta hire oh Mel Gibson. God. Yeah, it's in his contract. Um, <laughs> God. Gross. But, no, but it's true. Like, the only Disney Renaissance films that have yet to be adapted for the stage. In any, well, so there is like a Mulan Junior that they were working on. Right. The, that is like, like may, outside of like Junior shit, like it's Pocahontas and Mulan. Like it's those ones. Yeah. And obviously mm-hmm. like looking at Aladdin, it's like, well, we know that Disney cannot and should not be trusted with culturally specific material like this. Yeah. No. Um, so they like just like just a few months ago made it a like a written stipulation for the role of Jasmine that she had to be Middle Eastern. Yeah. And the show's been running since or Southwest 20... Asian. Sure. Yeah, Middle they... East of what? But yeah, yeah, yeah. like they, they just did that. And that yeah. like it's the easiest thing in the fucking world. Like, oh, we can't ask people what they are. Then say you have to be this in the yeah. call. That's not, it, that's not against the law. Yeah, and that's been going, this show's been running since 2014, and they just added uh-huh. that. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't trust the Disney Corporation to adapt any more of their properties, but then I'm also just like, okay, well, then what is Disney theatrical gonna do? Well, they'll just adapt new shit, you know? Like, I would be yeah. very surprised if there's not some version of Moana 
at some point. Yeah. But again, it's that so also popular. feels like a nightmare. Like, I'm just like... They've already got Lin-Manuel Miranda on it, though, so nobody will care. I I'm, not, I'm sorry to be so cynical. I I know. I know. <laughs> please. I, one, you're not, you don't have to convince me that he's a piece of shit. But, like, I'm just saying that, like, with him attached, it won't, like... You can get away with whatever you want to, you know. I, yeah. I to a certain how, point. I hate how much I enjoyed his fucking Kinkajou animated film on Netflix, uh, Vivo. I hate. I loved it. I didn't love it. I didn't love yeah. it. I liked Listen, it. I know why. Yeah. He plays a Kinkajou. I, I think he makes good stuff. Like he, I think he writes good music. In the Heist is my favorite musical of all times, or after Sweeney Todd. But like. So yeah, so I I'm, have I have a in, soft spot. But in the yeah, movie, like in the movie Vivo, Lin Manuel Miranda plays a kinkajou from South America who wears a tiny hat and uh, sings music, and he uh, is trying to deliver a letter to Gloria Estefan. Um, that is the plot. <laughs> Not a character voiced by Gloria Estefan. Oh, it'd be uh, way better if it was actually just Gloria <laughs> yeah, Estefan. Just, yeah. A kinkajou uh, that's a Gloria that. Estefan fan. That's a movie that's I want to see. Uh, my, yeah, my, that, my, I would watch. Michael would watch. Rook. Michael Rooker plays a python. It's a pretty Great. okay movie. Um, whatever. But yes, it's just, it's like any, it's so, and it's fascinating, right? Because it's like Disney has like, it's all like, yeah, yes, but they've been like making more culturally specific uh, movie musicals recently. Because sure. like, obviously, like you got Encanto, another Lin-Manuel Miranda joint coming out later this, this year. Um, but like obviously Princess and the Frog, which of course they got famous. Uh, well, I mean, Randy Newman is from like the New Orleans area, but it's like, yeah, it would have been nice to actually get a black artist to write the yeah. song. So Princess and the Frog. It's really bare minimum um, stuff that they're having a hard time with. It feels and like. it's also usually like white directors working on these films as well. Mm-hmm. Like they'll maybe yeah. get like all the producers a, are white. It's because yeah. Disney is white. Like, you yeah. know, it's like keep yeah. going up. You know, it's just all it's surface level shits that just mm-hmm. isn't going to change. And that's why I don't trust like them adapting the new shit for the stage. No. So I could see just them like, start to no. do some of the newer Pixar's too. Like I imagine Coco like is probably sure. somebody's knocking around that as a live oh, action musical. God. You know, uh, well, I mean, we can we'll say gonna, we can they gotta say, get we a new say... generation. We're all we're we're poor and old now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, Listen, we'll save this. We'll save this yeah. for the fucking Frozen episode that'll <laughs> end off the the dang uh, mini series, mini season. Um, Aladdin, uh, racist but good movie, racist but not good stage show. Uh, it's so bad. I was so mad while I was watching. All of my the notes that I took for the musical are like. Most of them are in all caps, and most of them are sure. just like Jesus fucking Christ. Why yeah. is this happening? Yeah. What is wrong with people? Uh, oh, I have a oh fun a chosen people joke. Sure, yeah, that's in there. Yikes, that is. What in is the there. point of all of this? Yeah. Oh my god. Also, oh, I forgot about this until please, I just looked at this please, paper. Please, The fucking sequence in the Cave of Wonders. Number one, the cave looks boring, and they yeah. could have done so much cooler stuff. I had with a playset that's um, cooler looking than that thing. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, oh great, a cardboard fucking cave that he steps seriously. through. Like I was so mad. But also when he's inside and like the cave is collapsing and he's just like running in place. I was ah, like, this doesn't work even on no. an illusion. Like this is the stupidest thing it's I've ever rough. seen in my life. Could yeah, have had a little conveyor belt so and had his silly. feet moving at least. But like he's just running in place. <laughs> yeah. Or even do something with the lighting to make like it flat. Like it, truly he it's was just rough. running in place. It's rough. Right at the mouth of the cave. Yeah. It was I, I was laughing so hard. I was so bad. 
Oh my Some God. of the carpet stuff is cool, I guess, but it's just like sure. lying. Yeah, a whole know? new world. Like the theater magic is cool in that moment, sure, but like sure. we don't get Snake Jafar. We don't get all of yeah. the Jafar magic that's in the movie. Like doesn't he doesn't turn into an old guy in the prison? He's just like himself with a cloak on. Like and then he doesn't no turn into attacks. a snake at the end. Like yeah, I yeah. will as the, I, the I one. I I will say. <laughs> speaking of theater magic, I'll before we jump into the final question of the episode, I want to uh, briefly. Uh, a fun little tidbit when when the spongebob musical uh this will make sense when the spongebob musical <laughs> was trying out in uh chicago it was it actually the tryout was around the same time that aladdin was opening in chicago wow. the musical That's the tour right. of musical um and i won't say who but very famous people involved with aladdin were at spongebob the musical at a preview that i went to um and they looked very nonplussed, and I couldn't say whether it was because they were just, like, not impressed, or if they were like, oh shit, this is uh, better this than anything better. we've done in years! Yeah. Yeah. I would um, hope the latter. I, th- I, I, I want to say it was the latter, but that was that just a very interesting That assumes they have good thing. tastes, which we've talked about how they probably don't, so, you know. <laughs> You're right, yeah. They made that um, thing, so... My well, only question about the movie yes, was, um, please. <laughs> since we love questions, was is we this do. the Disney film with the most cleavage of any of their uh, animated things? It's between this and Little Mermaid, and I think this one ousted. Yeah, There's a lot of ladies I, yeah. in mesh tops in this movie. There's a lot of genie yeah. cleavage. There's um, a lot of so genie I'm cleavage. Gonna, yeah. Yes. I'm good. Well, and I, it's the, you know, the sexualization of e- oh, exotic, sure. quote, quote, quote. Right, women. right, like, right. Yeah, it's, and that is a girl. I mean, like when in the whole sequence with Jafar at the end, where like Jasmine's in like handcuffs and like yeah, yeah. she's oh, in her sexy layout outfit. outfit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yep. um, they all well, look good in those pants, though. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I would wear those pants. I would wear those yeah. mesh pants. We sexy. love mesh pants. Hey, we support mesh pants on the pod. Um, yeah, Tina, pro mesh pants. Let's move into <laughs> yes. a, a different area. Let's 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 leave behind. Let's exit the cave of wonders and step into a different cave of wonders uh, to discuss something else. So, Tina, cave of ordinary <laughs> objects. Oh my gosh, yeah, yep. it's a cave of ordinary <laughs> questions. Uh, Tina, at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guest a very important question. So, Tina, if you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what would you choose? Okay, I thought a lot about this, and then I forgot everything that I thought about. Wonderful. And so last night I had a panic attack of like, oh shit, I gotta... But I figured I would would go with... I would keep it in the Disney family. Okay. But I wanted to... I mean, because like we said earlier, like a lot of the kind of Golden Age stuff, like I don't need to see that put on... Like I don't trust them to do a good job. And also I don't need that. Let's make new other things. Yeah. But a Disney thing that I would maybe be interested in seeing how it goes, but also that I have like less of a stake in because it means slightly less to my childhood is a Disney Channel original movie. Okay. Uh, A little film called Gotta Kick It Up, starring America Ferreira. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I was expecting Smart House. Oh, I've only seen Smart House one time. I was expecting. So I don't know that I can speak on it as an expert. (laughs) I got, I was expecting. What were you expecting? I was the Phantom of the, the Multiplex, but go on. Go, talk, talk to us also about... Also have only seen one one time. Mi- yeah, Mickey... I have a lot of the classics I haven't seen, and then a lot of the deep cut, like Double Teamed, I've seen like 16 times. That sure. movie slaps. Uh, talk to us um, about Gotta Kick It Up. 
Gotta kick it. It's so, I, honestly, I've seen it a few times. It's been a long time, but it's uh, starring a, a young America Ferreira, a queen mm-hmm. who I adore. Um, but it's about, uh, it's a, a largely Latinx, Latina cast, which for me, growing up as a Latina, I, w- I was like, oh, <laughs> bare minimum, I'll take it. I identify with this. But it's a, a, a kind of, it's a cheerleading movie. It's a, a movie about underdogs. Uh, it's It's got bring it on elements. So like knowing that there is a bring it on musical, like makes me believe that this could work on stage. But also yeah. like, you know, thinking about the art of adaptation, like, it feels like the spectacle and the kind of like climactic moments of this movie rely a lot on movement and rely a lot on like, you know, things that people can do with their bodies, which we can easily translate to stage. And I just feel yeah. like it would be a cool thing, you know, maybe get a bunch of Latina creators, writers, like maybe not Lin-Manuel just because he has enough going on. And like <laughs> sure. we need maybe, maybe, a, a, you know, a woman that would be nice um, to write some music that's like actually rooted in, in our musical traditions. Um, so yeah, I just think it would be cool. I think I'm interested to see what that could turn into because I think honestly, bring it on as a musical, I think like does its job. Like it does a good job of being what it is. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was my answer. I like, was like Disney, but like not, not the Disney we would expect. And also like, I don't necessarily have as much like childhood nostalgia for this. So I won't be as mad if they fuck it up. Sure. That's uh, that's fair. I, I I think this is our first Disney Channel original movie think that so. has hit the yeah. table. Oh, so, so thank you for that. <laughs> Never seen it. Susan Egan's in it. Uh, wow. Who is a uh, Disney princess? A Disney uh, standby. Yeah. Exactly. So there Man, you go. OG Bell on Broadway. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very very true. She's a good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great answer. Um, and for our listeners who are curious, what maybe I'll show what next week's episode is going to be. Um, as we said, frozen is coming up. That is technically the next, uh, Disney Broadway show, but Disney was, you know, they're still testing out other properties in regional markets. And they thought, Mm. why don't we look back into our live action catalog and change things up on a, I, I was trying to make a pun, and nothing came to my brain. Freaky Friday. Next oh, week is Freaky oh, Friday. Oh, okay. That's right. I was like, I, th- I was like, right. I thought Newsies already come out before this. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Freaky Change Friday. Next, yeah. next week is Freaky Friday, and we're gonna uh, bring back a uh, uh, very special guest um, on the pod, um, and we'll, it'll be great. It'll be fun. Uh, yes. yes. I'm gonna um, suggest we also watch Vince Vaughn's Freaky before that. <laughs> oh my god! I really want to see that movie. <laughs> That would actually yeah. be a good excuse to watch that. Um, Tina, thank you so much for being back for the yes. this very lovely episode. Um, <laughs> this is uh, when is this dropping? This is dropping uh, like early September, mid September, September thirteenth. Wow. Um, I know we're we're doing great. Um, we're in early any- August when we're recording this. Well, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's, it feels um, very far well, away. Any, anything to plug? Like mid September time. Yeah, um, I so I, I think I plugged this last time I was on, but I'm still on The Vanishing Act, which is an audio drama, very silly. I play um, a character who's very much like myself, a nerd who uh, yells at men about stuff. Um, and I get, yeah, mid-September is when um, I'm doing a play in person. Live theater is back! <laughs> yeah, live theater, it's back! Question mark, is it is it back? Um, yeah, we'll see. So a big week. It, you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it's happening. Like, by the time this episode comes out, who knows what the deal will be. But as of right now, 
Um, I will be opening a play called Mr. Burns, a post-electric play yeah. at Peter Witt. So if you're in Chicago and you're vaccinated, our audiences are required cool. to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, come on down. It is a post-apocalyptic Simpsons play. It's very fun uh, doing a lot of singing. And I'm, <laughs> I rap in this one, which Christ. no one asked for. Um, but it's happening. Ha so, ha! Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a very, very good play. I have no. I, I think gr- I saw yeah. the previous iteration of this production. Yeah. But it's yeah. the play itself, yeah. production or not, and, is an and Washburn, play. I love it. And Washburn mm-hmm. is really sp- and, and talking about ad- ad- talking about adaptation and how stories totally. move from generation to generation. This yes. is like this is uh, the odd. Yeah. The, the odd. I think I saw someone refer to it as a post post apocalyptic play. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like it is like what do we do in the aftermath of the aftermath, right? So that is yeah. really what this play is and it's just a lovely piece about culture and stories and how we define storytelling for future generations using the Simpsons of all things. Um yeah. it's it's yeah. really great and I'm I'm so Disney. excited to see y'all. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, now, this yeah. is a Disney theatrical. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if oh, they have no. some like. Oh my god! There's got they yeah. there's, when they wrote that play, something had to happen. I'm so curious about sort of what yeah. the what yeah. the right deals with like, that show good is. Christ. Yeah, I didn't hadn't even thought about that until just bless, now. bless you and yeah. Washburn. I cannot even imagine what that right deal is like uh, for this play. Uh, but yes, go to see it if you're in the Chicago area. It's a, it's an open run, right? Or is it? Yeah, a, well, it, yeah. So we're <laughs> we're like contracted through like mid-december which sure. is a very long run yes um, so good, yeah. yeah we'll be around for a while very Great. cool very cool so yeah. go check that out at theater wits uh on belmont avenue in lakeview in chicago um tina you're the best thank you for being here we'll have you thanks back thanks for having me back i will have you back again i'm oh, sure yeah Oh my right. gosh. Uh, thank you, Bran, as always. Bran Moorhead for producing and editing the show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, subscribe for future episodes, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at MovieTheMusical. If you want to support us and get some sweet bonus content, you can go to Patreon dot com slash movie the musical consider becoming a monthly member we are wrapping up our discussion of the rogers and hammerstein movie musicals what do we have after that you will just have to find out that's Listen, it as a patreon member a thumbs up would recommend give them your three dollars oh, thanks yeah it's a fun yeah three dollars a month we're a triple threat podcast uh that's it keep on singing i can't believe it i'm losing to a rug <laughs> I gotta take one more order from this chump and his chump daughter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>